Hi, I'm Alison Sandy. And I'm Brian Seymour. Sally Layden is taking some personal time today. Um, obviously, it's been a massive year for Sal, and she just wanted to um, thank everyone. She asked me to convey her um, her best wishes to everyone for a great Christmas and to thank everyone for their support. Um, this podcast and um, having so many um, get behind her so, and the millions of people um, get behind her has helped her and made her strong. Well, she was already strong, obviously, but helped um, with um, some of the, I guess, the tougher times as um, as you as what happens when you lay yourself bare um, in such a way um, via a podcast or any sort of uh, you know massive media production. Um, it um, it really does um, you know. It's not an easy thing to do. So Sally just wanted to thank you all um, and let you know that um, she's very grateful for everything. And, um, you know, it's going to be a great year coming up and um, that support will certainly be something that she'll she'll need. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been a massive year and she's um, it, it's, it's all happened so quickly. If you think we just launched this podcast on April 1st, obviously we've been working months prior to that since um, late... 20, 2018 mm. and uh, but to think how quickly it's evolved and escalated into what it has it's 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 exactly you know what it, it's everything we hoped it would be and more but it's as you and I know it's so rare to get an investigation to um, result in this kind of activity and escalation particularly by the authorities and I'm talking about the police and uh, the coroner and um, all of the different um, all of the different uh, strands have come together in a way we, we never could have predicted, particularly the online help we've got, and obviously we'll be talking about that today. Um, big shout-out to all our web sleuths for an amazing 2019. I mean, this is, this is a new type of investigation, one that's been played out in real time, and uh, it's the army of people listening and watching and researching and helping here in Australia and around the world has been the key difference. And uh, Sally, being Sally, of course, wants to personally and individually thank and talk to every single person. There's now six million downloads. She, she, she can't stay on top of that, that kind of um, overwhelming response, which is um, both extremely gratifying but also um, much appreciated. But she's, she's certainly tried and uh, she does need some time out. She's got a young family. She's got three young kids uh, one's just turned 18, and uh, you'll hear more about her role in the latest episode, but it's um, I'm, I'm glad she's taking time out over the holidays and Christmas um, to reconnect with the family she still does have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, um, one of the things that I have loved about this podcast is the evolution, um, and certainly we, um, we're going to touch upon some amazing aspects of... Um, that uh, have evolved in the next episode, you know, as a, as a result of um, the investigation, because I feel like we're really just building up now to this massive crescendo, which will, um, I guess, hopefully um, provide answers to all our questions. Um, but you know, just it's just basically a bit by bit still, and um, we we had a we have a really big part of the puzzle um, in the next episode, which comes out Monday, so Monday the twenty third of December. Yeah. Um, so that's um, that's very exciting too. But um, the, yeah, the way it's evolved, um, the family dynamics, um, you know, something we touch upon here in the next episode as well is Sally's um, relationship with the current family members and how 
that has resulted, how that's changed or, um, you know, just, you know, strengthened from this podcast. Um, and it's, you know, it, you know, we talk about this a lot, you know, when people listen to the story and, and, and one of the wonderful things I, I love is that so many people have really um, embraced Sally and her story and um, her journey. Um, but it's it's really it's really something to um, be the one laying it out bare like that and, and exposing yourself um, in you know on such a massive scale. So anyway, I'm looking I'm very much looking forward to uh, you know having everyone listen to the next episode because you are going to be in for a treat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's crack on. Okay. So we have. Um, in the next episode, we have the uh, a new document, which we're not going to tell you what it is, but it's um, it's it certainly answers a lot of questions, but it also raises more questions, as as with many of the uh, pieces of the puzzle um, we find with this, because um, I don't think we realised how big the puzzle was, but um, it's it's really uh, it, it's something that uh, will uh, get a lot of dialogue from um, from our listeners. What were your thoughts when you saw it? Brian, without giving too much away. Well, um, uh, yeah, it's hard to talk about it without giving too much away. Look, um, <laughs> exhilaration, obviously. We've tried a number of avenues to get hold of this document, um, which which will probably succeed, but hadn't succeeded yet. And, of course, it was one of our online sleuths who managed to get a copy of this document, which is like stepping back in time um, to the, the, the crucial point um, where everything changed for Marion and Sally and the family. Um, people are going to flip out when they see this. Um, and as, yeah, without giving away too much, we, we have experts pouring over it. And um, regardless of what they find, like th- th- there's two distinct outcomes that, um, that they, determinations they might make, two things we're, we're looking at. And regardless of which way they fall, this will tell us a lot about what was happening at that crucial time in, in Marion's disappearance. So, um, yeah, exhilaration and, and just uh, confirmation that this investigation is doing exactly what we hoped it would in harnessing new methods and the talents of the widest possible range of people to find the clues that can help solve this mystery. It really is a testament to how how everyone's come together to help to contribute and to, to make this investigation what it is. I'm certain, and I've been saying this for a while, we're going to find out what happened to Marion. And this, when you see what's uh, leading episode 16, I think anyone who's been left in any doubt will also be certain that we're going to find out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the good thing I like about um, this document is it, um, when we say there's a, some unanswered questions, it, there's some good lines of inquiry that can be chased and that we would expect that New South Wales police are chasing. So um, that's that's one of the, the, the good things, that they have some obviously very good leads. Uh, and while they're not giving too much away at the moment, um, they're, you know that they're uh, at the moment, since they got a new uh, officer in charge particularly, um, that they're going quite strong. Um, and also since um, the New South Wales coroner determined that it was her jurisdiction um, and it was a New South Wales police jurisdiction. So that's made a big difference. We still have the inquest decision that won't be made until next year, um, but that's going to be very probable. 
Yes, and um, you just mentioned the the new officer in charge. Now, um, that's another thing we're looking at in this new episode. Um, Sally has uh, met with the new officer in charge of her case. Now, consider that she first went to the Byron Bay Police Station in late 1997 after becoming worried about her mum not surfacing and, and being told after calling the bank that someone had accessed her account at Byron Bay. And uh, you recall from our early episodes, Sally went down there with a picture, walked around Byron Bay and eventually went to the police station and said, look, I think my mum's missing. Now, that, that triggered, even though Sally's from Queen, was living in Queensland and so was Marion at the time, that triggered a New South Wales police occurrence, not an investigation, initially with one officer. Then in the, the months that followed, another officer was involved, but very little was done. And the assumption was made that this was a three times divorced middle-aged woman who'd walked away from her life. Then it lay dormant for many years and Detective Senior Constable Gary Sheehan at Byron Bay Police Station on top of his big caseload took it upon himself to investigate this case more thoroughly and unearthed all those extraordinary developments that Marion had changed her name to Florabella Remichel and that um, her passport had come back into, the, into Australia and not left. Um, and that you know, he even followed up a tip that uh, there was a body buried in Armadale, a, a small town in New South Wales, and went down and did a uh, rudimentary search of that what he believed to be the property. So th- there was a flurry of activity, and we're talking now between 2009-2011. But then it all sort of tapered off, and, and Sally discovered that her mum had never actually been put on the National Missing Persons Register and had been taken off the, the New South Wales Missing Persons Register without her knowledge. So... She'd always assumed in the background there was something happening, that people were aware that her mum was missing, but really she'd languished, her case languished in obscurity for, for years and years until finally Sally met you, Alison, and, and the Lady Vanishes was born. And now Sally, Sally recently came to Sydney with her daughter, and you'll hear, and I'll let Sally describe it in the episode, and, and you can hear in her own words what, she's, what she makes of all this. She came down to Sydney to State Crime Command at Parramatta, which is about an hour's drive uh, west of Sydney, the geographical heart of Sydney, that, that's the, the Curtis Cheng Centre. So that's the centre where the police accountant Curtis Cheng was, was shot by that 15-year-old terrorist, Fahad Jabbar, a couple of years ago, and we all remember how terrifying that, and that 15-year-old was, was shot during that encounter. Um, that, that is now named the Curtis Cheng Police Centre, and that's where State Crime Command is. And... Following that homicide review into the case, thanks to our investigation, a new officer in charge has been placed. And I'll tell you what, we loaded up Sally with all of the research and clues and um, suggestions and names and contacts that we could. She took in all of her information. She spent the entire day in there with a team of detectives dedicated to solving the mystery of what happened to her mum. It's taken nearly 23 years but uh, it was a giant leap forward in how this case is being handled. And I, I can't overstate how well it went and how much it means to Sally. And I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not um, giving away all of what, I've, of, of, of what it's occurred during that meeting. Sally talks about it at length in the new episode. So keep an ear out for that. That's, um, that's quite something to behold. And I've also cut a 30-minute story that'll be on Facebook, a video story, 
because we're filming everything. So you, you'll be able to see all of this, all the things we're talking about on our Facebook page in video form as well. The, the episode has the longer detailed version, but the, uh, you, can, you can see and hear from all of the people we're talking about and uh, you can see the document we're talking about in that 30-minute story that will be available when the episode's available. Absolutely. So it's very exciting. And I have to say with, um, with that, just uh, with that timeline, also just remember that um, Marion going missing in 1997, she, yes, she was put on the New South Wales Missing Person Register, but that wasn't until 10 years later. So yeah. um, in 2007 and was only on there for uh, three years. So um, or was it two years? Anyway, but it wasn't for very long. Um, <laughs> there's so much information. I should know it off by heart by now. Uh, certainly we, uh, we pour over enough. But we do have a timeline as well, if you haven't already seen it, on our uh, Facebook page, as well as, um, uh, you know, all of this information, all everything that's happened. So I know we get a lot of questions at different stages about, oh, did you check, did you check this? to check that, whatever. But I can assure you everything's been checked. If you listen to all our episodes, all our conversations, certainly go through our uh, Facebook. Um, we have pretty much covered, not to say we don't want you to do that, because I really appreciate when people come in and, and say, oh, yes, there's um, like even a gentleman the other day just wanted to let us know that he, when he went over to New Zealand in 1996, he did need a passport. Um, and it's, yes, that's true. So that's good. That was just in relation to um, a, another mystery that we referred to. But everyone, it's just wonderful the amount of feedback we have and just that our listeners like doing that, um, that they like to, um, I guess, keep in touch um, because it's a very, this is the other thing, it's a very personal, um, I think podcasts are a lot more personal, a lot more tangible than um, than a lot of other um, mediums uh, when, you, when you're doing investigations. So it's good to have that um, close contact. I feel like, you know, we really do have that close contact with our listeners and that instant feedback and and uh, certainly um, even though Sally tries to get back to everyone, um, she also has a, a team of uh, her super sleuths, Sally's Angels as we call them, who help out as well. Um, June, I want to say thank you to, to you for that. I also want to say a shout out to Joni too because did I do that already? Joni's um, again come through with the goods um, in now and you'll see that in episode 16. Um so NCAT, I wanted to mention that too. Oh my gosh, this is this is like a, a separate drama in itself. Um, so we got a, uh, so you know that it, it happened in um, in early July. The uh, the hearing occurred in early July. It was um, a time frame. I think it was like a couple of months that they were supposed to come back to us. They didn't. Um, so we got in touch with them, and then they said to us, "There's going to be a decision by December 13." Um, yeah, yeah. And so December 13 rolled on by. Nothing. So I rang the following Monday and they said, oh, yeah, um, don't know about that. So they wrote to the registrar and it just said, yes, there was supposed to be a decision or, or indicating along those lines that um, we did we did uh, communicate that there would be a decision by December 13. Um, there hasn't been. Uh, we'll let you know when there will be a new one. So they won't even set us a new date now. I, I followed up again and said, could you at least let us know then when the new, new date of, uh, of a decision will be made? Uh, and nothing. So it's just, oh, I'm just um, baffled with all of this in... Um, in, I mean, I, I realise um, with the big spotlight shining on this, um, I don't know, it, it, it certainly uh, in all my time dealing with NCAT and QCAT and VCAT and all the different incarnations of these in every state, um, these are the uh, administrative tribunals. Yeah, so, so NCAT's the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal. It's, it's the place where 
it, it, it is part of the justice system, the court system, but it's the place where people go to um, have matters heard by a, a senior member, not, not, not a judge or a magistrate, um, who has the, the powers of a, a magistrate, and to um, present evidence, argue their cases, and then get a, a binding decision. Um, and, and these are for quarrels between companies, between individuals, and in our case, between Sally Layden and the New South Wales Police, requesting access to the file on her mother because, you know, she's been missing for more than seven years and under their own protocols, um, she may be presumed dead and the next of kin should have access to all of that information if they want to um, try and work out what's happened to them. So, um, as you say, it, it's, it's look, it's, it's deeply frustrating and, yes, there is a big spotlight on them, but they've known that the whole time. I mean, they've given us a date of December 13 and now uh, they're saying, oh, well, we'll, we'll actually get back to you when we, we feel like it. And it's not so much our frustration that matters. It's, it's, the, um, it's the, the, the ignoring due process and, and the, um, the, the lives, emotions and uh, needs of all the people involved, both Sally and the New South Wales Police. We need a decision so that we can all the parties can move on and decide what they're going to do next. That's, but uh, that's we're, we're, being, we're, being, we're being frustrated again uh, for no particular reason that we can, we can see. No. Um, and that's the thing. Um, New South Wales Police also wrote to the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal to indicate yeah. um, that the time had lapsed as to when a decision... There you go. They, they want to know what's going on too. The, the, the New South Wales Police, um, you know, some people have suggested that um, we've been somewhat critical of them. We, we, we've been... We're not critical of the police. We, we, we deeply respect and admire the police. This is, a, this is one of the most baffling missing persons cases in Australian history. I'm not sure that any uh, police department in Australia w- would, have, um, would, would have handled this um, expertly and well from the get-go because it's, 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 it was difficult to see for a long time early on exactly what this was. We, we, would, we obviously have raised questions about the, the, the processes that were followed and whether they were by the book and if a different outcome might have been achieved. But far from being critical, we just want them to get in and do everything they can to solve this. And, and that's what they want to do. Yeah. So uh, there's no malice or um, intent uh, behind any of this. And uh, having this kind of uh, bureaucratic delay is, frankly, uh, we've moved past that and that they need to uh, stick to their own uh, timelines. And hopefully uh, we will get that decision very soon so that all the parties can uh, get, get a move on. Well, I mean, the other thing that's quite interesting, you look at the time of year it is. Um, it's, it's almost Christmas, oh, exactly. New Year's, everyone's exactly. going to go, you know, are they going to drop this on Christmas Eve or, you know, is this <laughs> just fine? Or, or wait, wait for another month because it's Christmas. Yeah, I mean, you know, they set the date, let's have the decision and move on. Um, that, that said, um, you know, Joni, uh, I don't think we did give her a proper shout out earlier, but Joni uh, is one of our uh, online web sleuths um, who is... Uh, a meticulous researcher and comes up with inventive ways to apply for and find information and she's done so again with this document we've hinted at uh, in the new episode, episode 16. But um, in addition, uh, our online army, and Sally calls it uh, her army, she feels like she has an army of people helping her. I mean, it's, it's, it's global. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got a, a message through the anonymous tip site, www.theladyvanishes.org, where you can leave tips, uh, files, uploads, uh, totally anonymously, from a listener in Los Angeles. Now, they discovered something in the public library there, which I, which I won't reveal here because we're running this, this clue down, but it's a, it, it's, a, 
it's it's an extraordinary clue and and the last place you would think to look and find something like this i mean it's it's purely because someone there has been listening to the podcast is intrigued by the story has decided to do a bit of ferreting around in their own backyard and they've come up with something that frankly we would never have come across i i i doubt that this information this particular publication um is exists anywhere in australia and uh, again, we're always looking for things that predate computers in the internet because Marion went missing in 1997, just before everything went online and everything was um, uh, computerized and digitized, you know, before e-passports, before the widespread use of email, before um, all the electronic um, um, in- interfaces between your your, your personal, your medical, your private, your banking, all, all of those things became enmeshed. And, of course, well before social media. So we're always looking for those, the, the, the paper trail that can help us um, find, for us, new clues, but which have been old clues sitting there dormant for years. So it really is that, um, that wide reach of the, the, the podcast, that unique format of the podcast, where people can just plug it in, listen, and think, oh, okay, I might go and have a look at that when I'm next in the library. And, and come across something remarkable. So thank you to everyone, Joni, and to everyone out there. And again, anonymous tips. We've had some great anonymous tips. It's not for suggestions or theories, just for information about Marion, uh, where you don't want to identify yourself, www.theladyvanishes.org. Brian, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because the other thing, um, we had one from a Norwegian listener just recently too. I just love this. I love the global reach that you have that I've never experienced in my life before as a journalist in the 20 years I've been doing it until doing this podcast. Um, And um, he said um, he was in Luxembourg in 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he sent us a photo <laughs> of someone that he thought might be Marion. And it was a bit of a distance, but it's just, I just love this. I well, mean, this guy has obviously gone through his photos from well, Luxembourg. He's thought, I, I recognise you. And, and it was, <laughs> if I can describe it for you, I mean, it, it's quite funny. I, it, okay, it, is, it isn't Marion. Uh, the person in the photo appears too young. But um, uh, you can see the similarities, but it's a photo in like a town square. In, it might even be in Luxembourg City in the main, in the main uh, plaza there. Uh, where, where Sally uh, and I were filming earlier this year. But um, it's uh, it's a wide shot and he's taking a photo of, uh, I guess, friends or his partner with someone in, 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 the, in the main centre of the frame and in the distance behind over their right shoulder, there are three people walking through the plaza and one of them in the middle has sort of long, dark hair like Marion and she's slightly out of focus because of the distance, but he's thought, he's actually thought to remember to go, I, I, th- I think I've seen that person and gone back through his photos and zoomed in on that figure in the background walking past. It's like, uh, you know, Marion photobombed his dreams and, uh, <laughs> and, and then he forwarded it on to us. Um, <laughs> so, wonderful. you know, um, it, was, it, it, it isn't her, but it's lovely that that, uh, that guy thought to send it through in the off chance, the million to one chance that it could have been. Yeah, and he did say that and I just, yeah. I, and just lots of different people, a lot of our American friends too, the same sort of thing. One gentleman was telling me about how um, he discovered it because his wife married in Australia when he was over here. So he discovered when he was over here and him and his wife are huge friends right. and he's provided a lot of advice too because interesting careers, oh my goodness, you know, like so many of our listeners have had, you know, and, and he's retired now, but he was telling us about what he used to do and, oh, it's just fantastic. I just love, I love hearing all these stories and how we've all kind of, you know, come together um, as part of this podcast. It's just something completely unique to me. 
Now, I just wanted to just touch a bit more um, in relation to, um, because we also have, there are two applications um, under the Government Information Privacy Act that we've made. The one that we mentioned before, before NCAT, is documents. We made that back in 2018 last, in um, in November 2018. And um, so those documents were for f- all the files on Marion prior to then, because it would only go up to, to that date. Now, we also made another application this year, a lot later this year, I think it was about June, um, on files since then. So everything that the police you know, have in their file on Marion since then, um, since November 2018. Now, that went to... Um, the, the decision came back and New South Wales Police denied us access. Um, so that went to the Information Privacy Commissioner um, who arbitrates or, or makes a judgment as to whether they think that that, um, that decision was justified. They came back and said it wasn't and said the, the agency has to make, meaning um, New South Wales Police, has to make a new decision. Um, now, they had up until um, Tuesday this week to make that decision. They say they have, but they won't tell me what it is. They said they emailed it to Sally. I spoke to Sally and Sally said no. I don't have anything. Um, so, and they wouldn't tell me what it was because, I mean, presumably it would just be um, either they are going to make a new decision or they're not. And if they're not going to make a new decision, we have to go back to the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal and fight it out yet again. Um, so that's the other thing that we're, we're waiting on um, just to find out. Um, and we'll have more news on that in the new year. Um, I mean, there is a chance they'll, they'll give, provide some more documents um, in relation to that. Um, I think one of the things the IPC said is that you've made kind of a blanket ban on all the documents as part of the new investigation that you're doing, but not all those documents would be um, exempt under, um, under the, the Gipper Act. So we'll see what happens there, but they wouldn't tell me, even though we, you know, we actually have been obviously acting on Sally's behalf. We paid for the application. Um, they're, they're just being, I mean, I know that we're saying, we, you know, New South Wales Police, we don't, I mean, but they have they have been funny with me, me particularly. Um, you know, they won't talk to me. The New South Wales Media Unit have said they don't want to talk to me. I mean, as a result of all of this, um, and that's something that's very rare. I've In all my time in, in journalism, working 20 years, I've never had a media unit just say, no, nah, we're not going to deal with you. Actually, that's not true. There was um, Brisbane City Council with the Lord Mayor, but, but, but that was different. <laughs> this one was, this is a media unit, not a, uh, a politician. So um, it was very odd. Um, and I guess we'll just have to... Um, uh, and, and my... Um, well, it's probably because you're a Queenslander, Alison. Don't read too much into it. I mean, you know... <laughs> I mean, How I'd, dare you? How dare you be uh, we're, we're friends, so I talk to you, but, you know, it, it, it'll always be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always make sure I, I dress in my brightest clothes when I go down south, particularly in <laughs> Melbourne, where they love their black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, so, um, yeah, oh. and, and just on that, um, um, look, the, the police um, uh, are very much treating now this as, and, and they, they say they have been throughout, uh, which is something we, we, we did question, but... Uh, treating it as an ongoing open investigation, an open case. Um, certainly that appears to be the case now, and you'll hear more of the detail of that in this new episode. But as as Sally makes clear, if they ask Sally, because Sally's the next of... Well, Sally's Marion's daughter and potentially the next of kin. She's the next of kin. So the police really need to be talking and dealing to her, not journalists like you and me. Um, that they but really the media should only be, No, but hang on. Let, yeah, but hang on. Let me, let me just finish. I'm... Uh, uh, um, I mean, th- th- their default position is we-, we don't want to talk to the media. 
we, we put out press releases and media statements because there's so much at stake. They're dealing with people's lives and the possibility of foul play and homicides and charges and, and court proceedings and all of this stuff gets brought up later, much later. So they, they really have to err on the side of extreme caution. So I don't mind that so much. There has been a bit of, um, a bit of a friction um, given the uh, sustained intense investigation that, that we've led. But um, overwhelmingly, the police have been very good and, and I, I maintain a very good relationship with the police media unit in New South Wales. And they only really have to deal with one of us. So that, that I mean, I, I agree, they, they, they shouldn't be saying we're not talking to you, but on a the other hand... Unit. Yeah, I mean, I that's know, what they're there for. <laughs> no, I know. But on the other hand, um, the good news is that they are talking with Sally and Sally's made it clear that um, if they ask her not to share something... Um, for reasons of yeah. um, maintaining the integrity of the investigation. She certainly won't be doing that. And we're, we're, as we've said to her, we wouldn't want you to do that either. No. We're, we're, we're glad the police uh, have moved into the space they are. We applaud their their um, their decisions in recent times and we, we, we trust in their ability to... Um, to, to work this investigation and uh, and find out the information that um, that we suspect and we know is 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 just sitting there waiting for someone to to discover it. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, all of these things are you know that that's the to and fro of you know media and police. So they're I ups get and downs. It, but it is but, very uh, churlish though, and it's usually an individual or something like that. It's not a whole media unit. I just well, find that bizarre. Yeah, like that is but, just. Yeah, yeah, crazy. But the but the the the, the, the main thing is that the the, the, the big the, the real game is that the investigation's being um, is uh, in the carriage of extremely talented professionals dedicated to running down this case, and and, and that's what's happened. So, you know, I, I couldn't be more thrilled with where we are with the New South Wales Police. Frankly, I, you know, I'm I'm really really confident about how this is going, and you'll hear why when you listen to episode 16. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I will beg to differ, but that um, is, in relation to this, I mean, for me, uh, it, it's nothing, you know, I, I'm not taking, it doesn't matter about whether, you know, they want to do that. I, and it was really over the fact that um, the jurisdiction issue, because I argued so fervently that it was in the New South Wales jurisdiction, that's when they got their backs up, you know, which is true, of course. Um, and I stand by that. But look, I think the whole point is, yes, they are dealing with Sally. Sally is happy with them now. Um, back when we, um, you know, there was, you know, some criticism, it was back when they weren't dealing with Sally properly. So that's yeah. that's what's made the difference. So yeah, you're right. Um, you know, it doesn't matter so much. I mean, there are some things that um, we, you know, with Sally, because Sally can't, you know, has been told not to talk about this so that we have to go back to the media unit to see what we can actually report to our listeners. Um, and, and sometimes they're a little bit conservative with that. But look, you know, that's by the by. And um, and I guess the only other thing I will say, and it's something I've always maintained, it's not the fact that mistakes occur, um, which obviously they did occur in relation to Marion's investigation. It was 23 years old now. Um, certainly if the mistakes didn't occur, there wouldn't we wouldn't be here. But it's not the mistakes happening because in a massive organisation like New South Wales Police, in the same like Channel 7 or any of, you know, we could say that about any massive organisation, mistakes occur, things go wrong. Mm. But, but it's what people do when they find out the mistakes have happened. The Catholic Church, the Anglican Church, I mean, we could keep going. And a lot of that, I find, is that people do the wrong thing when they find out. Their first um, instinct um, a lot of these, you know, big corporations or organisations is to cover up or run or or get their backs up or whatever. 
you know, just for once, I just let them come out, you know what? Yep, we stuffed up. We need to address this. You know what I mean? And just just get on. Or even if they didn't say that, if they just went about that in... in well, well, well and, and that's what I'm saying. In the absence of that, that kind of mea culpa... Um, I think we're getting the, the the very next best thing, and the thing that matters most certainly to Sally, and, and that's the the, um, the the dedicated team. Um, and I, I've already said a lot about that, but you, you'll 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 hear um, Sally talk about that um, that very long meeting with the the, the people now uh, who have carriage of this investigation, and I, I think you'll our listeners will be sharing her confidence in uh, in what's now happening. Yeah, and and I guess the thing that usually what happens, and this is where um, I guess the media plays out and has such a big role, is is that they are dragged, you know, kicking and screaming to do the right thing. And that's what's happened here. They are now doing the right thing, which is great. But that has been a lot of pressure since the podcast started. Certainly Sally didn't let, wasn't dormant um, for 22 years, not doing anything to try to get movement on this. It was only since there was a spotlight sh- shone on this yeah, yeah. that they actually did something. So, yeah, and, and look, and that, that's one of the reasons we took this on in the, in the hope that it would have that effect, and, and it has. So, you know, that, that, that's great. It probably has, has taken a little longer and been more frustrating than we would have liked. But as I, as I keep saying, um, I'm really um, uh, grateful for where we're at at the moment and, and edging closer to what's going to be, I think, a remarkable outcome. Because, uh, well, when, when you hear about this, when you see this document uh, in the new episode, uh, it, 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 one of the things it does is reinforce the um, belief that this investigation can and will find out what happened to Marion Barter. So, uh, yeah. um, And the inquest. I mean, look, you know, we're so excited about that very real prospect um, because... These are the things we can expect in the new year. Yeah, one, one of them hopefully is a coronial inquest. And um, and just to explain again, Brian, I know you've explained this a million times, just yep, for international... So just quickly, for our, all our listeners around the world, the, the, the coroner in New South Wales is like a medical examiner in the United States. Um, so this um, the coroner um, can hold an inquest where um, the cause of a person's death is not known or there is some uh, doubt or confusion. Um, for instance, if a person uh, takes their own life but uh, it's suspected someone may have been involved in their death, um, they might hold a coronial inquest where the coroner sits very much like a judge, uh, calls people to give evidence under oath. They can subpoena documents uh, and evidence, and that is all presented in a hearing, very much like a, a court hearing. Um, and at, as a, at the end of that uh, inquest, the coroner will go away, look at all the evidence, and then make a coronial finding, either to determine that the person's death was due to this cause um, and that this person was involved at this time in this place, or they might make uh, an open finding. Having looked at all the evidence and heard from all the witnesses, they might say, well, it's, it's not possible to determine what happened to this person. Um, as a result of that, um, then, uh, you know, there can be further charges if individuals are found to have been responsible. So it, it really is a major step forward and, and has the powers to compel the production of uh, people and uh, documents in the form of um, evidence, in the form of documents and other and other uh, physical evidence, to be presented for examination under oath. So um, that would that would be a huge step towards um, finding out what happened. Well, I mean, the thing is, just with this one document we finally got, you know, I mean, we've got hundreds of documents that we're fighting for. All of these documents will be available through an inquest. Um, so it really will open this 
completely what it will become, um, you know, everything, all the answers we could possibly hope for and more, um, yeah. I imagine, um, will come out of this. I mean, without knowing what are in the documents, um, it, it's hard to say, um, you know, to, to gauge, but it's, yeah, it, it, it's something that now we've got to the point where we're just so frustrated, just come on, we just need to know, we need to know, and we've fought so hard and we know it's going to happen. So that will be probably about April next year, I think, that the coroner will make a decision on that because she's waiting for a police report. When she gets that police report, it's a review by the homicide unit that will, um, which will, you know, be a brief of evidence. Once um, she looks at that, she'll be able to determine whether an inquest is necessary, which in my mind, unless they know what happened to Marion, it will be. And um, and then, yeah, the, we, we go from there. So, um, yeah, hold on to your hats. Um, it's, yeah, and just, I know, Brian, I just want to just say one other thing um, with this in our year in review. Think of all the places. You've been to most of the places this year. Um, yeah. Our latest place was a Jambrew pub, um, which is in the next episode, uh, which is that the pub run by Johnny Warren's family, Johnny Warren being Marion's first husband um, and um, his nephew, Jamie, and his brother, Ross Warren. Now, this is the, the latest of an amazing um, journey you and Sally have taken. Can you tell me just a little bit about that? Yes, so the Jamboree pub is in Jamboree. It's a small town about two hours south of Sydney, uh, maybe two and a half. And uh, it's a beautiful Hamlet-style village. It really is just a lovely, lush, um, safe, old um, community. The, the pub is um, 180 years old, I think. And um, the Warren family bought that pub and it has a number of connections, that area, to Marion. Obviously, Marion's first husband, Johnny Warren, the, the former captain of the Australian soccer team, our first World Cup soccer captain. Uh, they were married right at the, uh, the start of his um, meteoric rise to, to international fame. And uh, they, um, they, Marion later um, lived not far from the Jamboree pub. Um, Sally got to know the Warren family as a teenager so they stayed on good terms. I mean, everyone we've spoken to uh, describes Marion as the love of Johnny's life. And his family are just lovely people and they've been great supporters of this investigation and this podcast because they want to know what happened to Marion too. I mean, Jamie, Jamie Warren, I mean, Marion would have been his aunt had, uh, you know, his uncle and, and Marion stayed together. Um, his brother remembers Marion well. He was at, the, at their wedding. Um, they had a deep affection for her and they've, they're, they're as shocked and stunned as anyone and, and, and desperate to know what happened um, at the circumstances of Marion's disappearance. And um, they're, they're frankly thrilled that this uh, The Lady Vanishes has cropped up and they were more than willing to sit down with Sally and Ella. And I tell you that there's something, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where in journalism you can get a lot done by the phone and over the internet but nothing replaces going on knocking on someone's door and sitting down and talking with someone face to face. And you just cut through so many um, barriers because so much of our communication is nonverbal. Um, and seeing Ella and Sally with the Warren family, there was a very easy, free-flowing uh, transference of um, emotion and detail from their different perspectives about what they were like at the time. And it really does give you a, a much fuller idea of who Marion was, uh, what she was like, what she was capable of, in a way that um, 
really you, you, you're not going to get any other way. So it was a, I want to say a magical trip. It was a, it's a beautiful venue. The Jamboree Pub is a shrine to Johnny Warren. The family's kept all the clippings. And of course, Marion is among those clippings on the, on the walls of the Jamboree Pub. It looks amazing. And uh, also joining us there was John Economist. He was the, uh, the friend, Johnny Warren's best mate, who introduced Marion to Johnny. And we were able to flesh out quite a bit more detail about their, their relationship, uh, its genesis, um, and how and why uh, they broke up. There's a lot more detail around the end of their marriage that we've managed to flesh out after speaking with them that you'll hear in this new episode. And it does give you a much broader understanding of who Marion was and what she'd been through. And, um, and you know, uh, that's, that's just one of the places we've been to. And one of the people we've spoken to, another person we spoke to in, uh, in this episode is uh, Sally's father, Stuart. And uh, he, he copped a lot of flack uh, when he appeared in, I think, uh, very early on, episode two it might have been. Yeah. Um, and uh, made some comments about some uh, altercation uh, that he'd had with Marion when they were married. And this was his opportunity to contextualise the nature of their relationship. And, and Sally and her father have become closer as a result of this, this podcast. That's one of the delightful unintended consequences of this investigation. But again, um, it's extremely illuminating, uh, not only to get a better understanding of what sort of person Marion was, but of course, to get a much better understanding of what her mindset was like, her psychology, what she might have been able to accomplish or do if she put her mind to it. So I'll say no more than talk about that. Um, the other the other person in the episode 16, it's a monster episode, <laughs> is someone that uh, is going to be known to all Australians. I don't know if we want to talk about that now. No, that we won't Are we keeping too that? much away. Okay, we're not going to say. We, 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 we did hint in the last episode, so I'll leave it at that. But um, it's if you you won't want to miss this. You won't want to miss this. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. It is. And look, um, with that also, I just wanted to touch on, I mean, you know, yes, um, Marion, the love of um, Johnny's wife, but also soccer was the love of Johnny's wife. So if anyone has any confusion as to, well, why didn't they stay together? Um, I'm, I'm, my feeling is, is that soccer had a lot to do with it. Um, also- it did. It did. And um, I, I know you asked me about the places we'd been this year. Uh, mm. Do you want me to just quickly run through yeah, the geography yeah. of the Lady year of I mean, Well, I mean, you know, we originally planned um, seven episodes um, and we thought we'd be, you know, visiting Sally at her home in, in Brisbane, and we did that. So since then, we've been to Byron Bay uh, a lot, three times, <laughs> which is um, which is up in the uh, near the coast and near, near the border of New South Wales and Queensland. Very famous, uh, beautiful. Yep, and we've been to Talgum, which is the small town where the 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 cult, the Hermes Far Eastern Shining Cult, um, they loved us. Operate um, because we had information that Marion may have um, joined them. Um, we didn't find her there, but that was a fascinating um, I think diversion. They wanna, I think they want to give us the key to the town. Into well, they <laughs> want to give us something. Yeah, um, into yeah, a diversion into the the, the cult mentality. Um, then, of course, we um, we we retraced Marion's steps, last known steps, through England in the United Kingdom, uh, right from uh, London down through down south through um, uh, Sussex and Kent through. Um, Tunbridge Wells, where she last telephoned Sally from, and, and the tiny town of Alfriston, where she sent one of the last postcards Sally received, all the way down to Brighton, 
um, retracing her, her literally her steps, um, which was again illuminating. When you do that, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't match that she was planning to disappear and walk away from her life, but took a little little holiday trip on the way. It, it just doesn't it, it doesn't make sense. Um, and then of course our, our sojourn in Luxembourg. I never thought I'd go to Luxembourg, but we unearthed a, a person of potential interest through that ad placed in the French-Australian newspaper in 1994, and we identified a person matching the description in that ad and went and, uh, and knocked on his door. And everyone knows about um, Fernand Remekel now and um, our questions to him, which he still refuses to answer. So we've sent him questions on three occasions. Um, he has refused to answer any of them. You've heard him speak on the phone since our physical visit earlier this year, and yet he still won't simply rule himself out of this investigation by answering those questions, which is perplexing and, um, as, as anyone would, would understand, requires us to keep looking at him. Um, and in addition to that, we've, um, we've travelled all around uh, Sydney and, um, and, and Brisbane, and, and, the, and the Gold Coast, as well as the podcast travelling all around the world. I mean, it just never occurred to me, or I'm sure you, Alison, or Sally, that, you know, half our listeners would be in North America and Europe. Um, yeah. And thank you to all our listeners um, for taking Marion's story to heart and offering your good wishes and, and your prayers and your, your, your kind thoughts and lovely comments uh, to Sally and, and the team. I can't tell you how encouraging that is because we're all doing this on top of our day jobs. We're not getting paid extra. We're not doing this for money. We're doing this because we want to help Sally solve it. And it's a unique and exciting investigation. And that's what we get into journalism to do. And um, all of your support makes a, makes a big difference. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And one of the things um, I, we've always said as part of at the beginning of this, it was always about Sally's journey as well as solving this mystery, the, the journey to solve this mystery um, and, and the, the highs and the lows and the, all the bumps in the road and the doors slammed in the face, um, you know. But Sally's not alone anymore in this journey. I mean, not that she was alone before. She always had a family. But it's good, as, as you mentioned earlier, the army behind her now. Um, it's certainly... Um, it, it, in, it's given everyone a lot of strength and we're all just as passionate about it and um, we're going to get yes, there. Yes, we are. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening this year. And uh, to each and all, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and what's going to be a massive year for The Lady Vanishes. It certainly will. And, yeah, get your seatbelts on. Um, it's going to be... A crazy ride next year. Um, also, at some stage, we have to, this is just hilarious, go into the behind the scenes, particularly with Sally and Brian travelling together. That is... What? Uh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. We're not going into that. <laughs> Brian no, driving, no, no. you know, there's a lot of stories no, I'm a very to good be told driver. down I'm the road. I'm a very road. good driver. It's fine. That's what insurance is for. No, I'm, I'm fine. Um, no, we won't, we won't be doing that. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will. But anyway, Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a wonderful, happy new year. We look forward to um, joining with you all again in the new year. Um, stay, stay safe. Stay safe and, uh, and safe a travels. good holiday project might be to go back and, and listen to all the old episodes or refer a friend. Um, don't forget to subscribe and, and like us. Uh, that helps us find new listeners. And sign our petition. Yeah, and sign the, sign the petition to get a reward for Marion, any information on Marion. That could be another thing that tips it over the line. So, yep. Go to our Facebook page, go to 7news.com.au slash The Lady Vanishes. 
Um, keep listening on all your platforms and have a great 2020. We'll see you very soon. See you. Thank you. Bye.